156 years ago, 156 years, June 19th, 1865, Major General of the Union Army arrived in Galveston, Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation and free the last enslaved Americans in Texas from bondage. The day, as you all know, and we repeat some of what was said, became known as Juneteenth, you all know that. A day that reflects what the Psalm tells us. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Welcome to another episode of News with Nicola, a Faithfully Magazine podcast brought to you by Faithfully Media. I'm your host, Nicola A. Menzi, Managing Editor at FaithfullyMagazine.com. In this episode of News with Nicola, we take a look at Juneteenth becoming a new federal holiday. We also briefly take a look at Republican dissent to the bill. Apparently, celebrating the end of slavery is un-American. And we wrap things up by listening to a few snippets of an archival interview with a formerly enslaved woman from Texas who comments on the first Juneteenth and what church was like for enslaved African Americans. On Thursday, June 17th, President Joe Biden signed the bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday, saying, Juneteenth marks both the long, hard night of slavery and subjugation and the promise of a brighter morning to come. This is a day of profound, in my view, profound weight and profound power, a day in which we remember the moral stain, the terrible toll that slavery took on the country and continues to take, what I've long called America's original sin. At the same time, I also remember the extraordinary capacity to heal and to hope and to emerge from the most painful moments and a bitter, bitter version of ourselves, but to make a better version of ourselves, end quote. President Biden also referred to the good book, saying that the original Juneteenth, quote, reflects what the psalm tells us, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. If you didn't catch footage of Joe Biden signing the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act into law, then you also miss both Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris giving Miss Opal Lee her flowers. Miss Lee, 94, is known as the grandmother of Juneteenth due to her decades-long advocacy for the day to be a federally recognized holiday. Juneteenth, or June 19th, marks the day when Union soldiers brought the news of freedom to about 250,000 enslaved black people in Galveston, Texas, in 1865. This was actually two months after the Union Army won the Civil War, and more than two years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation that freed enslaved persons in southern states. According to the Associated Press, Juneteenth is the 12th federal holiday and, quote, the first new federal holiday since Martin Luther King Jr. Day was created in 1983 under President Ronald Reagan. All 50 states, except for South Dakota, officially acknowledge Juneteenth on some level. South Dakota lawmakers apparently haven't been able to come to an agreement on their proposed bill. But now that Juneteenth is a federal holiday, things might change for South Dakota. And Texas, round zero for Juneteenth, didn't formally recognize this day as a holiday until 1979. 
That was the year lawmakers approved a bill introduced by state Democrat Representative Al Edwards. Edwards, a veteran civil rights activist who marched with MLK, said this about Juneteenth in 2007. This is similar to what God instructed Joshua to do as he led the Israelites into the Promised Land. A national celebration of Juneteenth, state by state, serves a similar purpose for us. Every year, we must remind successive generations that this event triggered a series of events that one by one defines the challenges and responsibilities of successive generations. That is why we need this holiday. End quote. While the Senate passed the bill unanimously, 14 Republicans in the House went on record as being opposed to honoring Juneteenth as a federal holiday. Why? Well, Representative Matt Rosendale of Montana explained. I voted against a bill that would make Juneteenth National Independence Day a federal holiday, one of 14 Republicans to do so. This legislation is the culmination of decades of efforts by the left to prevent unashamed celebrations of our national story, heritage, and history. Their intent is to replace 4th of July with this new day, one that will inevitably focus on America's darkest moments. We're not perfect as a country, but we are a great nation, morally, economically, culturally, and in many other ways besides. I will never support efforts to pull down that legacy and replace it with self-hatred. End quote. (laughs) Apparently, this was the agreed-upon talking point for the fear-mongering far-right who are so concerned about the nation being divided that they are suggesting that people who support this day marking freedom from bondage for oppressed Americans are themselves un-American. If they had criticized the bill, perhaps, on the basis of the estimated cost to cover federal holiday pay, which in 2014 was said to be about $660 million, you know, if they had went that route, maybe I could take them seriously. But comparing Juneteenth to the 4th of July doesn't make any sense. July 4th marks the nation's independence from Great Britain. Juneteenth, on the other hand, marks the end of, I'm going to quote NPR's Vanessa Romo here, it marks the end of the practice of enslaving and owning people and their offspring as property to be bought, sold, and forced to work without wages. Okay, July 4th, Juneteenth, two totally different things. Nothing is replacing anything. In calling Juneteenth or saying Juneteenth represents one of, quote, America's darkest moments, how is liberation a dark moment? Unless he's referring to the position of white enslavers, you know, those who kept other Americans in bondage. I imagine it was a dark day for white plantation owners in Texas when they had to stop stealing black people's labor. But you know what? We don't even have to imagine, do we? Thanks to the Library of Congress, we can hear for ourselves what Juneteenth was like for the formerly enslaved. The Library of Congress hosts the American Folklife Center's collection of recordings of interviews with formerly enslaved persons who share their memories of becoming free. Now, most of these interviews were done in the 1930s and 1940s, which means the people sharing their experiences were advanced in age and looking back at their youth. One of these interviews is with Laura Smalley at her home in Hempstead, Texas in 1941. Miss Smalley talks with John Henry Falk, a folklorist and radio show host, also from Texas, and with another person listed only as an unidentified female interviewer. 
The Library of Congress has its interviews spread out across five parts. So these excerpts we're about to listen to are from parts one, two, and three. In part one, you'll hear Ms. Smalley talk a little bit about learning of her freedom on the first Juneteenth. In part two, you'll hear Ms. Smalley talk about how she and other enslaved persons on the plantation held church. In part three, she talks more about church and shares some of the songs they would sing. Again, this was recorded in 1941, about 76 years after the very first Juneteenth, and the audio quality is not the best, so you may need to adjust your volume to hear them clearly. Well, do you ever remember any of the slaves being sold? Do you remember any slave sellers, you know, men that would just buy and sell? Slaves? No, sir, I never did see it. I never, I should have never didn't know that, you know. We had talk of it, but then I read that was after, after slave, I read. We had talk of it. I, you see them talk about, you know, putting them on stumps, you know, or something high, you know, and beating them off like you did cattle. Hmm. Beat them off like you did cattle. Well, none of your folks were ever sold, then. No, sir, none of them never were sold. You were born right there and never did leave. You were. Born right there and stayed there until I was about nine, ten years old, maybe even more. Stayed right there. We didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Mom and them didn't know where to go. You see, after freedom broke, just turned, just like he turned something out, you know, didn't know where to go. That's just where they stayed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Didn't know where to go. Turned us out just like, you know, you turn out cattle, <laughs> I say. Anywhere to go. Do you remember when the Civil War was being fought? Well, I, I can't remember much about it, but I remember this much. When uh, Mr. Bethany was gone a long time, looked like a long, long time, and I remember all the next morning it, when he he got up. Now, don't, don't knock that back there. When uh, he, he, uh, we all got up and all of them went to the house, went to the house to see old master. And I thought old Marshall was dead, but it wasn't. He had been off to the war and uh, come back. But then I didn't know, you know, into the war. I just didn't know it was gone a long time. All the niggas gathered around to see old Marshall again. You know, and old Marshall didn't tell you, you know, it was free. He didn't tell you that? No, he didn't tell. They waited. I think now they said they waited them six months out of that. Six months. And turned them loose on the 19th of June. That's why you know you celebrate that day, colored folks. Celebrate that day. What about getting married? How did they go about marrying the slaves? Well, they told me they jumped over the broom backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They told me to jump over the broom backwards. I don't know. Well, did they have church? Did the slaves no, have church? No, I, I never remember no church. Mama said the only church, I didn't remember that part of all the church that would have been a tub tub of water sitting just like this thing is, you know, and that would catch your voice, and they would they would have chase around that tub, all of them get around the tub, get around the tub. Old Moss didn't want them having church. They don't have no church. No, they didn't have no church. And uh, old Moss would come along with one of them, one of them was, uh, was there, having church around the tub, he's down praying. And said he was down there praying, just a praying. Old master come in, he just a praying. He come in, he did, and told him, get up from there. He didn't get up, he just a praying. He said, old master come in, so hook me. He quit praying, and then he asked me, Lord, have mercy on old master. Lord, have mercy on old master. 
Lord, have mercy on my soul, my soul, with the bullhook. He's all to have mercy on the old master. And that old master, put them in the camper, wouldn't get up, you know, just flinch, you know, just like a person, you know, putting hitches, you know, and flinch. He just prayed for old master. The old master stepped back and said, I'm great mind to kick you naked. I'm great mind to kick you naked. And he can never stop praying, you know, he had, he had to go on leaving praying. He go on leaving praying. <laughs> Because he wouldn't stop. Well, that was through the Lord, you know, that caused that. Yeah, so the Lord, Lord works a lot of things. Yes, and because the Lord was, uh, suffered him to stay down there and get that whooping and pray. You know, just keep her praying. And I think I jumped up. I don't know. Seems like me, I jumped up. Because he was whooping me that way. I jumped up. But I, I, I don't know about the church when it first started up no more than, you know, uh, when I was a child, you know, they didn't have no church, you know, in no house, you know, they had in the trees. Under the trees, under the trees, yes, ma'am, under the trees. Brush arbors. Yes, sir. Some that didn't have no brush arbors, they just had it under the tree. You see, just had it under the tree. And I don't know, you know, the cause of the churches and when they started, but I know when Mom and them used to go to church with all the trees, you know, under, under the trees. Didn't, didn't, didn't have no church houses much then. Just like, you know, you get a big old tree and clean all out from under it and make a dry stalk down, you know, and make benches on it, you know, that would have church. And well, what kind of songs did they sing? Do you remember the names of any of the songs? No, I can't, I can't remember. I can, you know, I can't read. I never remember the song. But they didn't sing songs like the song now, you know. They sing them old songs, you know, about Maze and Grace, how sweet it sounds, you know, all like that. But, you know, I can't recollect all of them. I can't recollect them since I've been grown. Well, I can't recollect them. That's what most of sung, Maze and Grace, how sweet it sounds, you know, all like that. And uh, I don't know hardly all of them old songs. Sometimes I can bring all them old songs up, and then again I can't. Well, can't you ever hear it. one called uh, Couldn't Hear Nobody Pray? Yes, I've heard that. Was that one they sang way back? No, then? they didn't sing that way back in the time. Now they sung an old song about the the thunderbolt rattling. Poor sinner stand so idlesome. Lord, I got a union in my soul. How does that go? Let me see. I sing a little of it. Seem like I heard. The thunderbolt rattling. Poor sinner stand so idlesome. Lord, I got union in my soul. I ain't got long to stay. I've heard it. Can you sing the rest of that? That's a good one. That's the show fun. Lord, I ain't got long to stay. Lord, I ain't got long to stay in the world. Ain't got long to stay. God's calling me and I ain't got long to stay. Lord, I ain't got long to stay in the world. I ain't got long to stay. Goodbye, and I ain't got long stay. Lord, I ain't got long stay in the world. I ain't got long stay. God's calling me, and I ain't got long stay. Lord, I ain't got long stay in the world. I ain't got long stay. Hey, well, I ain't got long stay. Lord, I ain't got long stay in the world. I ain't got long. I ain't got much of a voice for well, singing. You, oh, you got a good voice. <laughs> I ain't got, oh, got, got much. I, I can't got no voice for singing. Oh, 
what about one of these songs, uh, Sinner Don't Let This Harvest Pass? Did you ever hear that one? No, sir. I never knew that. Let this harvest pass. What's that other one about? Get on board, little Sherman? Oh, yes. The old ship of Zion. Do you remember that one? I, I remember it, but I don't know it all. I Get on board, get on board. I don't know all the hit. I just know a little of it. Get on board, little children, get on board. We don't sing it no that way. How do you sing it? Shippers, get on board. I don't know much of that. I have got my mother gone on the ship of Zion. Get on board, little children. I can't get that together. I don't know many songs. These are late notes, a late song. I don't know many. Has church services changed much from the way they used to yes, be? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, and how, how have they changed? Mm-hmm. I say how. How have they? The, the, in pe what way? the people have changed up from singing, you know, and prayed up from religion and everything, you know. That Is way. that right? Yes, I done trained up from the religion and everything that way. I'm trying to get the old song, song like that. I can't get get it straight. Yeah, well, you you don't you know just about been saved all day. No, I never heard that, and I'd like to hear it. How does it go? <laughs> I've been saved all day, no evil have I done. Been saved all day, no evil have I done. Been saved all day, no evil have I done. Sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Good Lord, yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. Have lied on nobody. No evil have I done. Haven't lied on nobody. No evil have I done. Haven't lied on nobody. No evil have I done. Sanctified and holy. No evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody. No evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody. No evil have I done, good Lord. Yes, I love everybody. No evil have I done. Sanctified and holy. No evil have I done. Well, that's a good one. Where'd you hear that one? Oh, we learned, they've had some that in our church, you know, up here. Uh-huh. We sung that sometime in our yeah, church. You, can you remember any that the slave song? Could you, could you... Or did they ever sing any songs? No. Uh, I, you know, I never said been a slave. But I hear them sing some after freedom, I know them. Some. But, I, you know, them way back songs. I can't hardly sing none of them. And one of them, I can't remember. 
My old stepdaddy used to sing it by the thunderbolt rattle and poor sinner stand to Allison. Lord, I got a union in my soul. I ain't got a long stay. Did I, didn't I talk you that, Dwayne? Yeah. Stepdaddy. Yes, sir. That old red man. He sung that all the time. Well, what were the preachers like in those days? I don't know, sir. I never remember no preachers in slavery time. I never remember. Of course, you know, I wasn't very so old, but you know, I could remember some things. I wouldn't say so old, uh-huh. but I could remember some things. But I never remember no preacher. They never allowed to have preachers, did they? I never remember none. Mm-hmm. I never remember none. You just didn't sing and pray, huh? That's all I would hear them sing. Then, you know, at night come, I'd go sleep then pretty soon. Even most of that saying, Disha's song would say, you know, after, after, you know, a good big girl, you know, we scored church, them arbors, you know, but they never did. Uh, never well, they had no preachers people. under the arbors, didn't they? I know one of them. His Who name, was that? name Uncle Mark. I never will forget him. Was he good? Oh yes, the old man, name Uncle Mark. He preached. Yes, sir. Name Uncle was he a good preacher? Yes, sir, he's a good preacher. Name Uncle Mark. Preach and like they do now? Ma'am. Did they preach like they do now? They, they better. They preach better then, I reckon. Oh, you see, they was, uh, then, now they preach by scripts most of the time. But then, you know, they just pre- preach by the Spirit. You know, just mm-hmm. the Spirit, Spirit let them, you know. And if they could preach good without the Bible, because you see, they had religion, you know, and, uh, That's right. and, and, you know, the Lord would teach them, you know. Teach them what to say and how to say, you know. That's what it was then. But now, you know, it preaches by scripts, you know. Don't preach by that. That's something, isn't it? Now, if you want to listen to more of these interviews, visit the Library of Congress website at loc.gov and search for Voices Remembering Slavery. It's important to remember history, right? To look back and see how far we've come. And acknowledging Juneteenth on a federal level means more Americans will become familiar with this part of the nation's history. Of course, having Juneteenth recognized on a federal level doesn't automatically end racism or discrimination for black people. It is a welcomed and important symbolic gesture, but it doesn't protect voting rights, it doesn't lift the minimum wage, and it doesn't challenge violent policing or any of the myriad other problems black people and other people of color face in this country. However, to move forward, we have to be honest about the past, mourn our failures, and celebrate our victories. Liberation came late for black people in Texas, but it came nevertheless, and that's always a good thing. As Democratic Representative Brenda Lawrence told her Republican colleagues, we have a responsibility to teach every generation of black and white Americans and frankly, I personally would say all Americans, the pride of a people who have survived, endured, and succeeded in these United States of America despite slavery. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of News with Nicola, where we aim to keep things real, relevant, and faithful. Don't forget to go to faithfullymagazine.com to read the notes and find related links from this episode. And don't forget, I want to know what you're reading, watching, or listening to, which means I want you to email me your thoughts on current events. Tell me what books, movies, music, and shows you've recently encountered that you love or think others should desperately avoid. 
drop me a line at podcast at faithfullymagazine.com. If you sound like you know what you're talking about, I just might invite you to join me on the show to discuss your views. This is Nicola A. Menzi, Managing Editor of FaithfullyMagazine.com, hoping I'm leaving you informed and inspired. Till next time. Mm-hmm.